Hello everyone, Michael here with a brief pre-introduction to this series of episodes. This is our trial of Marvel Heroic, the uh, Cortex-powered superhero RPG. It was originally published by Margaret Weiss Productions. Unfortunately, that license lapsed through no fault of Margaret Weiss Productions. I think it had honestly a lot to do with the Disney takeover of Marvel and all that kind of good stuff. So what that means is that this game is kind of dead. You can't find any of this to purchase anywhere other than like at a used bookstore. So it may be difficult for you to track down. But um, as we discuss at the very end of episode three, there's a brand new version of Cortex Prime that's in the process of being released. It was kickstarted, I think, last year. It's, I think it's out to backers in PDF form. And there will be some overlap uh, to some of the advice and mechanics in that game. So if you if you enjoy this version of Marvel, this superhero RPG version, there will very likely be ways using Cortex Prime to play something very similar to this. So hopefully you'll still get something out of this series of episodes. Secondly, this is very much a kick the tires system test trial. So while there is a scenario and we do a little bit of role playing by far, this is which dice do I roll? This is what I rolled. What do I do with them type of system explanation, uh, which is fine for a trial. That's kind of what we want. But this one did seem to veer more into that territory than others. But some of that is because I have tried to play Cortex before and I'm not smart enough and I needed that level of explanation. We also had a couple audio issues. Uh, unfortunately, one of our players had a weird sort of static crackle that wasn't really coming through the audio we heard, but it was recorded, so there wasn't a lot we could do about it. Because of the nature of this series of episodes where it is very system tire kicky, there isn't a whole lot of overtalk or crosstalk. So for the most part, you only hear it when that particular player is talking. But uh, in some cases where there was crosstalk, I did what I could, but it wasn't, I wasn't able to get rid of it completely. Uh, and also with that, there was a little bit of a reverb echo, which also I was able to get rid of most of it. But every now and then you may almost like, hey, was that an echo? But by the time you think about it, it's probably already passed. So once again, thank you to Mark for setting this up and allowing me to record it and all the other players for joining in. Oh, lastly, I am going to include a PDF copy that you can uh, download from our website of the Captain America data file that we use in this first episode to explain kind of how to read the character sheet and how you would roll from it, or at least determine what dice you would use. So as Mark is going over the Captain America data file to me and the other players, if you wish, you can follow along. So with all that out of the way, please enjoy our trial of Marvel Heroic. Hello and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael. And we are here tonight to do a trial of the Marvel Heroic role-playing game. Uh, for this game, I will be taking on the role of Daredevil, a.k.a. Matt Murdock, uh, the man without fear. And uh, joining me tonight, we have several other players. They're all going to introduce themselves. And then we're going to swing around to Mark, who's our GM for tonight last. So let me start with Jason. Jason, say hello to everyone. Let them hear your voice. Tell them who you're playing. Uh, hey, everyone. I am Jason Flowers. I am going to be playing Luke Cage tonight, Power Man, this right now, Sweet Christmas is the only time I'm going to say it. <laughs> Get it out early and often. 
All right. And then let's go to Eric. Eric, say hello to everyone. Let them hear your voice and tell them who you're playing. Hello, I'm Eric. I will be playing Spider-Man, so Peter Parker. Excellent. All right. And then Morgan. Hi, I'm Morgan Ellis, and I will be playing uh, Patsy Walker, a.k.a. Hellcat. Excellent. And then finally, our last player tonight is PK. PK, say hello, everyone. Let me hear your voice. Tell them who you're playing. Hi, I'm PK Sullivan, and tonight I will be playing the Immortal Iron Fist, Danny Rand. Excellent. And then to our Master at Arms tonight, Mark Meredith, he's going to be the, running the game for us. And it seems like everyone else here knows how this game works except for me. So I will be the audience surrogate, having no idea what we're doing and just saying sure and doing things. So Mark, please take it away. I believe actually every single one of us has played together at some <laughs> point. Uh, so yes, I'm Mark and I'm going to be the watcher, which is the term that Marvel Heroic uses for the game master. Um, Cam Banks is a big fan of coming up with interesting names for uh, the game master for all of his games. So that's what I'm going to be doing. Um, I'm going to be guiding everybody first through how the game is played. And then we're going to go into a short little mini event that we'll be playing with. Marvel Heroic, uh, it, it's a role-playing game for the Marvel role-playing game. It's currently out of print. It uses the Cortex rules that have now been refined into uh, Cortex Prime. There was a Kickstarter for like a year ago or so. Um, and the PDF has gone out to all of the backers and should be out in public soon. And there will be also be a physical version. Um, the Cortex rules were, uh, there was quite a few of them, uh, Battlestar Galactica, Firefly and Serenity. Those were two separate ones. Uh, and then uh, Smallville. And are there any others that I'm missing, guys? L leverage. Yes, yeah. Leverage, yeah. Although I think there was also like a fantasy one that was uh, their their fantasy game. Uh, Dragon Brigade? That yeah, never Brigade. Uh, got released as a, as a final product. Okay, okay um, yeah, I think it was just... I like might a... be slightly biased, but I think Firefly was... Was the best game of <laughs> yeah. the of the Cortex Plus line? Yeah, it was it was a really good one. So um, the the game centers around a dice pool. So as you go, you're actually going to be building up a pool of dice that you'll roll, and every single roll is a an opposed roll. So you'll be rolling against me, the watcher, or against another player if you end up getting in you know some sort of fight or something. Um, so Let's go ahead and go through how a character acts, and that'll sort of explain how the, all the rules go. So we're going to go ahead and bring up uh, Captain America here um, to look at him. Um, so every character has affiliations, distinctions, power sets, specialties, and milestones. So when you're making your character, you're actually going to, or not making your character, when you are um, deciding what action they're going to take you're going to announce what action you're going to take so say you're captain america and you say i'm going to throw my shield to hit this um hydra agent uh you'll start off at the very top with your affiliations your affiliations are solo buddy or team so that just determines how you're acting if you're acting on your own based on how the scene has been described you'll use solo if you're working with one other person You'll go with buddy, and if you're working with more than one other person, then you're a team. So say you're Captain America, you're fighting against some guys, and you're all on your own, you're going to use solo for that. So uh, Captain America has a D6 for that. Um, so you're going to add that to your pool. Then you've got distinctions, 
and his three distinctions are lead by example, man out of time, and sentinel liberty. Now, you'll add, you'll say, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and, because uh, I've charged out in front of everybody and I'm leading the way in this attack, I'm going to be leading by example. So in that case, because you're using it positively, you'll roll a d8. But if you were to say, you know what, um, I'm uh, this, I'm trying to figure out how you could use that. He used one of these negatively. So for Cap to use lead by example negatively would be him putting himself out in front and becoming a target when he really shouldn't yeah. be. Uh, which in Captain America stories, I think is more of a political thing. Uh, he exposes yeah. himself to like, he does that because that is who he is. Mm -hmm. But yeah. by leading uh, by example, by taking charge of a situation, maybe he is putting himself in the public eye or under scrutiny by uh, members of Congress or uh, the military, something like that. Yeah, that's a good point. So you could say, you know what, because I'm I'm charging out ahead of everybody and making myself a target, I'm going to be using this instead of a D8 as a D4. And if you use it as a D4, you'll gain one plot point. And we'll explain why rolling a d4 rather than not rolling a die at all is significant there. Then we've got power sets. He has two separate power sets, Super Soldier Program and Vibranium Alloy Shield. He can use one power from each of those uh, power sets. So for Super Soldier Program, um, he is hurling this shield as hard as he can, so he's going to be using his Enhanced Strength of d8. And then, because it's the shield, he's using it as a weapon D8. He has both godlike durability D12 and weapon D8. So here, so far, we've got uh, a D6 for Solo. Uh, we decided the lead by example was a good one, not a negative one. So that's a, another D8. So a D6, D8, a D8 for enhanced strength, and a D8 for the weapon. So, so far, you're rolling a bunch of 8s, which is what Captain America is good at. <laughs> and then, you're going to go down into your specialties... He has Acrobatic Expert, Covert Expert, Vehicle Expert, Combat Master, and Psych Expert. He's using his Combat Master here, so that's a D10. So you're going to take all these dice that you've chosen, and you're going to roll all of them. Um, so over in our, in our shared die roller we've got, you would choose all those dice, and you would roll all of them. Am I missing anything here so far, guys? Nope, but uh, one thing, well, I mean, nothing uh, strictly with the dice, but Captain America also has special effects under his power sets. Yes. Yeah, so each of your powers has certain special effects. In order to use those, you have to, you generally spend a plot point. There are times where you don't, for example, a second wind before you make an action using a super soldier program power. You can move your physical stress die to the Doom Pool and step up the Super Soldier Program power by plus one for this action. So you can basically make that power, that say you're using your enhanced strength there. If you've taken some physical stress, which is generally what you're using, that's generally what you're calling um, any type of physical damage until you move into trauma, which I'll explain in a second. Um, you can basically shift all that physical stress over to the doom pool and then you can bump that d8 up to a d10 instead let's look here at his his pool so we're adding a d6 a 
D8, 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 and D10. So I'm going to roll all these up. And you can see the D6 was a 2. The D8s were a 1, 7, 4, and 6. So the 1 there, anytime you roll a 1, that essentially does not count. You can't use it in your pool at all. Also, that activates an opportunity that allows, if I was the, the player, it would allow the watcher to take that die and add to their doom pool. Really quick, I'm going to explain the doom pool. Essentially, I get a set of dice that will increase as you guys roll ones. You'll gain plot points if I choose to add any of your one your ones into the doom pool. So I roll a one on a d8. That means that d8 can go over into the doom pool and you get one plot point in exchange. And there's tweaks to that that I'll explain as we play. So with this, I got a 2, a 1, a 7, a 4, and a 6. Now the d10 is a 6, which is my best number there. But also you, you're going to choose two dice that will represent your total. So if I went with the d10's 6 and the d8's 7, then that would give me a total of 13. However, you then choose one other die that's going to be your effect die. And your effect die is basically measures how you affect somebody. So if you hit that that Hydra agent, you would, if you chose to make one of your D8s, that D8 that's a four, if you made that a your effect die, then you would do D8 in damage. The number that shows up on the effect die doesn't matter at all. It's purely what the die is. But you can't use the one, the, the D8 that rolled a one, you can't use that at all. So in this example... We have a 7 and a 4 on the D8 and a 6 on the D10. We may choose instead to have the 7 and the 4 from the D8 be an 11 and have our effect die be the D10 because it's a better effect die. So you sort of have to pick and choose how you want to use that. During the game, though, you will also get plot points. And you can use plot points for a large variety of things. We've got the list there on the the player sheet that I sent to all of you. But one of those things you can do is add additional an additional die to your to your total. So instead of just choosing two dice, you can choose to roll to choose three dice. In this case with this roll, you would you probably wouldn't, but it's a way to get larger and larger numbers. Does that make sense at all? It does. Uh for me, I'm not sure though like uh in your example uh, you would have an 11 with a effect die of D10, or you'd have a 13 with an effect die of a D8. Is it do the do the numbers scale? Do they mean anything, or is it because it's always opposed? Like a 14 could be amazing in the right situation, and a seven could be just as good as another. Yeah, exactly. Because so so let's say that um, the bad guy's defense. I'm going to use this, these exact same dice: a D6, three D8, and a D10. So we'll say that that's his defense. Here, I rolled a 5 on a d6, a 5, 4, and 3 on a d8, and a 10 on the d10. So for me, as the guy who's defending, I would say, uh, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and use that 5 and from the d8 and the 10 from the d10. I've got 15, so I actually gotcha. managed to block the hit coming in from Captain America. So higher is better, but it's still relative. 
Yes, it, it's all relative. Now, one thing that you can do too is that because I told you, you can spend plot points to add an additional mm-hmm. die in there. You could say, you know what? I'm going to take and I'm going to instead, when I, because you got a 15 there, I'm going to go ahead and add my 7, 4, and 6 together and make my effect die the d6. So it'll be a smaller effect, but in this case, I'm getting a total of 17, therefore beating your defense. Okay. So you do get to know what's happening, when, and then you can decide to... Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. And there's a lot of times with the Watcher, there can be this sort of push and pull, because the Watcher can also spend dice from the Doom Pool to do the exact same thing. So I've played games where the player had a bunch of plot points, the Watcher had a bunch in the Doom Pool, and the, both players were rolling a ton of dice, and you ended up with this back and forth of each person saying, oh, I'm going to add in a die. You know what? I'm going to go ahead and spend a, a die from the Doom Pool, and I'm going to add in a die. And you go back and forth sort of bidding until somebody has to give up because they don't have enough plot points or they just don't want to want to spend them all. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. So that's the way your all your basic roles are going to go. So one thing to keep an eye out for on your character sheet is you've got your special effects under each of your powers. And those give you different abilities. A lot of times it will say spend one plot point to do that ability. You also have limits. That allows you to do things like or you usually can earn a plot point by using the limit. You yourself will always be the person to choose the limits that kick in. So if a character has, uh, like Daredevil, I believe he has gear yes. as one of his limits. So you can basically throw your billy, your billy club and then activate the limit to gain a plot point, but you now have lost your billy club. So you can't use that anymore until you then go and retrieve it and it tells you with it being a gear that you can shut it. Yeah, you shut it down to gain a plot point. Then you take an action versus the doom pool to recover the gear. So what you would do is you would make an action and then I would be rolling the doom, whatever the doom pool is currently at. The doom pool in this scene is going to start off at 2d8, which is the standard and then throughout the game, that Doom Pool will increase. If it ever increases to 2d12, you, there's some characters who have big, huge effects that go off when the Doom Pool increases to 2d12. Or I can choose to end the scene with 2d12. So like if, a, if there's a bomb that's about to go off, basically the timer, the Doom Pool uses that timer. And, oh, 2d12, it happens. I now remove the 2d12 from the Doom Pool. And the bomb goes off, and then I can describe what terrible thing has happened to the heroes. Okay. So my, my question was, right, tonight we have uh, five players. Does the Doom Pool start or change differently based on the number? Like, does it scale with number of players, or is it just like... It like, doesn't, because everybody's going to... Because there's more players, there's going to be more times that you guys are going to roll, which is going to be more times that ones can be rolled up, which can increase. It scales itself because we're rolling more stuff. Okay, gotcha. Exactly, yeah. And then milestones, the other important part of your character. Your character will never gain XP for punching guys out unless their milestones say that they get plot points. Or uh, I was going to say, some of you lame people might not. <laughs> but uh, I get three XP per scene yeah. when I first defeat an opponent in a buddy situation using my Iron Fist SFX. So I specifically earn XP yeah. for punching people out. So what you're going to want to do, 
as the, as Iron Fist is make sure you are in situations where you are fighting as a buddy in order to get the chance to use that special effect to yep. give you the, the XP. Now, does your guys' sheet here tell you what... It does not tell you what you can do with XP. There's there's lots of things you can do with XP. Um, that includes things like you can gain brand new power sets. I've played games where Captain America ended up picking up Thor's hammer, gaining that power set after spending 10 XP. You can spend uh, XP to end scenes favorably for yourself. You can spend XP later on to increase your abilities so it's not that's not necessarily stuff you'd use during the game but giving yourself extra power sets is something um i've had wolverine put on a suit of iron man armor in games with your with your xp and have his tiny arms and tiny legs just kind of swimming in the suit (laughs) yeah (laughs) um one thing too is with your with your specialties if you have a a D8 in something like uh, Human Torch here has got Cosmic Expert D8. You can choose to, in when you're rolling, instead of roll a D8, you can roll 2D6 instead. Um, if you've got a D10, you can roll 2D8 or 3D6 instead. So you can basically step it down. And the w- one of the big terms that's used throughout the game is stepping up and stepping down. If something is stepped up, it means it's one die larger if it's stepped down, it's one dice smaller. Gotcha. So earlier I was talking about how rolling a D4 is sometimes worse than rolling no die at all. And that's because a D4, you have a one in four chance of rolling a one. So it makes it more likely that the Doom Pool is going to end up increasing. However, it also means that you, you have a better chance of gaining plot points. Basically, anytime I increase the Doom Pool, I'm also going to be giving you plot points. Um, if you roll multiple ones during a uh, roll of a pool, I can give you uh, one plot point per one that you roll, but it's much more efficient for me because normally when I when I take one of your ones and I add it to the Doom Pool, I add it as a D6. It's much more efficient for me to give you one plot point and take all of your ones and basically step up the die. So I can say, oh, because you rolled three ones, it's going to, instead of me taking a D6, or instead of me taking three sixes and giving you three plot points, instead, I'm going to give you one plot point and gain, it's a D6, D8, D10. I'll gain a D10 for the the Doom Pool. Okay. So you guys are always aware of what the Doom Pool is at. Normally, if you're playing in person, you put it right in the middle of the table. So it's going to begin with a, a 2D8. So I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, give me a, a really quick sample roll for your character so we can make sure you've got the uh, that mechanically figured out. All righty. So we'll just say that I'm solo, so I'm off doing patrol before mm-hmm. I meet with anybody else. So that's a D10. Uh, you, you come upon a, a thug in an alleyway. Perfect. We'll say. So I'm the protector of Hell's Kitchen, so uh, I will use that positively. So that's a D8. Okay. Uh, I want to use my uh, billy club. I guess I want to use it as a swing line to like get down there next to the thug. I see in my mind I'm on like the rooftops and they're in the alleyway. Yeah. And then I will use my uh, enhanced reflexes to fist a cuff with this ne'er do well, which is a D8. And then my specialties would be combat. Uh, excuse me, <laughs> combat combat expert, which is a D8. Okay. And I'm not going to activate any of my special abilities just yet so then i would roll 
all of that. That's not a good roll. So I got two ones in there for you. Mm-hmm. I would take the six and the three from my D8s to have a nine total, and my effect would be a D10, hoping that I hit with a nine. Okay. Um, I'm going to say that this thug, he's got 3D6 for his um, totals. Normally, I'd walk through like a whole like list of like the different things that a villain yeah. has with their stuff. But we'll say that he's he's operating solo at D6. He has the distinction of his mom never told him he loved him. And uh, he's just defending himself with the other D6. So I've got a two, two D6s and a D8. So here I got a a four and a four on my D6s and a one on my D8. So at the same time that I'm giving you a plot point and adding a D8 to my the Doom Pool because of the the two ones you got there, I'm also then going to be giving you 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 have the uh, the ability to activate an opportunity from me as well activating opportunities anytime that you uh a one is rolled okay so but i got a total of eight and you got a total of nine nine there so you successfully swing in and with that d10 you end up kicking the guy right in the head nice it's very daredevil thing to do do you have it do you have any special effects that could be used in that that might give you some kind of boost at all uh, under my billy club i have rebound so i can step up or double the weapon die against a single target yeah so you could utilize that to um well you weren't using the weapon die though right so yes that wouldn't work so that yes that one wouldn't apply uh, but, but, and then i don't think so not I mean, not the way i okay. described what was happening i don't think it okay so then you you end up dealing d10 damage to him now when he's gonna attack attack back for your uh, defense, you actually get to roll that d10 in damage that's been done to him as a as a defense against him. So as people take damage, you get actually bonuses to to acting against that person. Yeah. So when somebody's wounded, that's a benefit for, benefit for you. So you get to just add that die to your pool. Mm-hmm. Okay. So just when you're going through all the things you can do, the fact that I've already hit them is one of the yep. things that I can play off of but that goes two ways as you take damage people get to use it against you as well okay yeah so your next die roll against him is going to be is going to have an additional d10 if the person ever gets uh stressed out that means their stress steps up beyond a d12 so into a d14 which we aren't you know we aren't using so if it goes beyond d12 then the person is stressed out and if it's a watcher character, that generally means they're fully out of the combat. Generally, for the players, they're out of the combat as well, though that can be fixed with characters who have healing and stuff like that. If you were to deal, to hit him again, and do basically any die of effect dice and you succeeded, then it steps up an additional step always. So if you would hit him and your effect die was a d6, and you hit him again, and the effect I was a d6, it would be his physical stress would step up to a d8. However, if you were to hit him and your effect die were to be a d10, it would jump up to a d10. Basically, it's whatever is the next highest. Right, so I'm looking at like my data file, under, and under my stress track, I have a four, represent the die types, a four, a six, an eight, a ten, or a twelve. So you're saying that since I hit this goon with a d10 effect die, He's already at D10 stress, so we've skipped four, six, and eight. 
Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So really, if you hit him with, uh, if you hit, technically, if you like, if you hit him with one more hit, that's going to put him up at D12. So it'd probably require two more hits. Mm-hmm. However, if you ever roll more than five above somebody else's total, then it steps up the stress by one. And if you step it up by 10... It steps up your effect die. Yeah, it steps up the effect die. Okay. So so you can use that to, like, if you really wail on somebody, you can step up that effect die to be even higher. Okay. The best example there um, that I have is I was playing Iron Fist years ago, and I rolled 48 in 1d10. And I rolled eight, 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 mm-hmm. eight, nine. So four eights and a nine. I spent two plot points to keep two extra eights in my in my dice pool uh, for a total of thirty-two against a villain, which stepped up my um, which was basically guaranteed to step up my effect to die past a d twelve and just instantly took out the villain. Yeah, because if he rolled like a tw- if he had a, like a total of like twelve, you're just gonna. You're so much beyond. So that's another great thing about like spending those plot points to add them in. As the game master, as the watcher, I'm then spending doom dice to increase my total, and I'm trying to keep ahead so that like we don't have one person. You know, I, I'm like, no, I don't want to get stressed out here. And so you just sort of have this back and forth of each person, like putting in a plot point, putting in a doom die, trying to keep. <laughs> keep ahead of the other person so that you don't end up stressed out with that single role. But there's also, there's physical, mental, and emotional stress. So um, I've seen players before go after some guy who's invulnerable, like um, Armadillo, who it's really difficult to cause physical stress to him. And they instead, like as Spider-Man, are using their ability to to swing around him and taunt him, causing him emotional stress and you can actually stress somebody out and kick them out of combat that way as well okay so so physical mental and emotional stress are all different tracks and if you hit a person with multiple different types of stress then that's more dice you get to roll against them okay so you don't have to take each of them down you just have to get one of them down but they Mm -hmm. okay yeah all right that makes sense and like, and for things like Armadillo, then I was like, oh, he gets so angry that he ends up trying to charge towards you, misses and slams into the wall, knocking him out. Or, or the villain could like run away crying because Spider-Man's been so mean to him. Stuff he like is that. kind of a jerk sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> so I had, a, I had a question. Uh, if the effect die, right, if you if you roll three dice, say, right, like your, your uh, goon rolled uh, three dice and he had a... He had two fours on the D6s, and he had a one on his D8. Uh, so would his effect die, can you use that, you rolled a one on the D8, can you use that as an effect die? No. No, if it's if no. you roll okay, a one, so, that counts, it cannot be used in the pool. Okay, so it can't be used in the pool. So he he would then have two D6, so he'd have, or he'd have the two fours, so he'd have an eight. Would, what would his effect die be then? Because he doesn't have a third die for that effect die. It basically defaults to a D6. Okay. So it just counts as if you rolled a d6. Gotcha. Essentially. So, does that pretty much answer how the game is played for you? One other question. Sorry, that you uh, you yeah. kind of skirted around, um, and we're kind of coming back to it with Morgan's question. The Watcher character rolled a 1. How can the player characters, the heroes, use those? 
when a watcher character rolls a one, the player characters can spend plot points to step back or remove dice from the doom pool. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can basically like so that also helps you out when when you see that doom pool getting higher and higher, and you got like a d10 and a and a d12 in there. You can try to use that to try to reduce the the doom pool there. Perfect. Thanks. All right. So, should we get into it? Do we start with plot points, or we start at zero plot points? You start at one plot point. One plot point. Okay. Yep. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize. But there are expenses related to the show, and if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice. If you're going to purchase anything through Amazon or DriveThruRPG, consider using our affiliate links first, and then we'll get a small percentage sent back to us. You can do a single direct donation through PayPal using the paypal.me slash the RPG Academy. Or consider joining our Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash the RPG Academy. And for a donation as low as $1 a month, you'll get access to lots of extra goodies, including bonus minisodes, invites to monthly one-shot games, one-sheet adventures, and more. Please consider following us on Twitter and Facebook, or join our Discord, where we like to try to keep the conversation going with our fans as best we can, and are always looking to talk and chat more. Or do none of that. Just continue to listen and enjoy our show. Because honestly, that's enough. Thanks. And remember, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. We'll see you next time. music used for our intro and outro is Fly a Kite by Spectacular Sound Productions, used under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License.